0: And then you start looking at their growth and saying, okay, there's two components to that. One is the organic component. What can they do with what they have and how can they grow that? And then the other piece is, how do we close the gap to the goal once we do that organic growth?
1: Yeah, I think the first piece is, is having a very clear investment thesis that everybody understands. And, and that starts with having specific measurable targets around synergies and, and the economics of the combination.
2: Welcome to the next imperative a podcast hosted by a and energy leaders,
0: tackling key issues and trends in the industry.
2: Hello, and welcome to The Next Imperative. Joining me today are Alvarez & Marsal Managing Directors, Jacques Duplantis and Mark Clevenger. I'm your host, Jeff Angulo. Today, we're gonna to talk about mergers and acquisitions in the oil field services sector. Gentlemen, in the last few years, we've seen a slowdown in transactions in the energy space in general, and more particularly in oil field services. What's the current market sentiment for for transactions in oil field services? Chuck?
0: So yeah, Jeff, I would say we, we haven't seen a lot of transactions in the last few years. Uh, we've been through a couple cycles now. With downturns, there's debate about the future growth of this industry. The other thing I'd say is that there's a lot of um, competition in the industry, which has led to valuations uh, being lower, particularly when you look at some of the onshore players and the folks that are, you know, maybe not as multidimensional in their offerings. Um, that being said, we still do, do see appetite out there for, for um, opportunities. And we think in the current market where uh, prices are in favor right now, the ENPs and quite frankly, the OFSs, that some of these uh, companies are gonna be in positions to do some acquisitions in the near future.
2: Mark, what do you have to add?
1: At, you know, what we, I see is acquisitions financed with cash are, are not being rewarded. Um, investors are rewarding companies for returning cash to shareholders. So these uh, acquisitions are, are going to be more merger-based and consolidation-focused, probably stock-based transactions.
2: Using equity for currency.
1: That's exactly right.
2: To save the, conserve the cash. Exactly right. Makes
1: sense.
0: Yeah, I would, I would even add to that. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, you see, particularly with the large caps, with people like Schlumberger and Halliburton advertising that they want to give free cash flow back to the investors. Both, I think, have announced, you know, call it 50% free cash flow back to their investors. So it underlines the, the point that Mark's making.
2: Absolutely. What are the drivers for the MA activity we are seeing in the oil field services sector today?
0: I would start with the large caps. The large caps have all built healthy balance sheets. Um, I think we haven't seen a lot of transactions in that space. Maybe some small bolt-ons, uh, as well as we've seen some divestments from people repositioning, such as the you know, Baker Hughes, as an example over the last couple of years. But overall, what we'd expect to see is more of geographic um, uh, opportunities and and essentially filling in gaps in their their tier of service offerings across the well life cycle. Um, one of the things you do see, and, and Mark candidate this back to um, you know, call it stock based deals. Is I'll call it JVs and alliances of some sort, and you're seeing that particularly the the trend we've seen uh, recently is really in the the sub business, right? If you look at what um, Baker Hughes has done with uh, Occstor MH Worth, it's it's HMH. Uh, that that probably looks more like an M in some part where you've taken a part of the business and merged that with somebody else. Um, you've got Schlumberger and uh, Ocker and the sub seven deal that was announced. Uh, not that long ago. And then the other thing I'd say is you've got people who are doing more alliances like Halliburton and Technique. Once again, that's all focused around sub C. So there's different flavors of that. And, and we can debate where on the spectrum is that just an alliance or as an actual MA transaction.
2: Mark, what about on the smaller companies?
0: Well,
1: I think consolidation is key. And that consolidation has got to be driven around synergies. Investors aren't interested in in paying a premium in a a transaction and so any premium that's done has got to be written around you know a firm line of sight to to synergies and and a a path that investors can get behind and believe
2: great Jacques. can you tell us how the acquisition process typically starts for the more successful companies
0: absolutely so you know the the biggest thing we see is what's the strategy for the company i mean a lot of our clients we're looking at right now is um, where they're at today, where, where do they want to be, what are their aspirations for growth? And then you start looking at their growth and saying, okay, there's two components to that. One is the organic component. Um, what can they do with what they have and how can they grow that? And then the other piece is, how do we close the gap to the goal once we do that organic growth? And that typically is going to be uh, an inorganic opportunity. Um, So it's defining what that strategy is, what the parameters, where that fits into uh, their existing service offerings, their geographic scope, um, and then starting to define the targets that potentially could fit that strategy.
2: Mark, when you're advising a client's executive team through a transaction, what are some of the key things you always try to bring forward to make sure the transaction is is as successful as it can be?
1: Well, first, Jeff, I think you got to have a clear investment thesis and really understand why you're doing the transaction how it's going to create strategic value and then you need to organize your diligence around that investment thesis and the must believes behind it so whether that's commercial diligence market diligence operational diligence financial diligence diligence around tax and it items you know understanding why do we need to know this what is it going to do to create value in 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 underwrite our investment thesis. The last thing I'd say is early and thoughtful work around operating model in, in org design. That becomes the foundation for why consolidation makes sense, how people are gonna work together, how assets are gonna come together. And it's important to communicate that early and often um, to the, empower the team to be able to execute on the transaction once you've consummated
2: it. And that's the teams on both sides, right? Absolutely. Jacques, any thoughts?
0: I, I think you know Mark's right when you outline all the pieces that you've got to think about early on through the diligence. But then you've got to really start to get into the tactics of you know the, the planning of what you're going to do, and then that execution. So I think when you think about that, it's you know as Mark talks about the operating model, the go to market strategy. How do all those things fit together? Um, you're coming out of your diligence, and now you're starting to refine that and put that into action. So what are the plans and what do you have to do to execute that? And the way we think about it is we call it the 100-day plan. You know, that may not be exactly 100 days, but it's the 100-day plan. And what do you have to do early on to get the organization working together? How quickly can you, um, you put put everything together while avoiding risk at the same time? So that's that's – where those plans come, and that's going to go across all your functionaries, right? It's how do you deal with people and human resources, putting the operating model into practice by filling the roles for the actual org structure. It's finance and accounting. How do you consolidate financials and historical data and a go-forward chart of accounts and all the processes that go with that? How do you sh- how do you bring all the assets into your your your, um, your fixed assets register? Those kind of things. It it's systems. How do you consolidate the systems? Um, how do you bring those together? And then on operations, it's all the different pieces that in some places you may have to merge operations together and other places they may be net new because you're filling gaps that you didn't have before. But you've got to thoroughly plan all that out. And then the other thing you've got to think about is as I mentioned, all the consolidation is one plus one shouldn't equal two. One plus one probably has to equal 1.5 or 1.7. So it's identifying those synergies and how you're going to get those And then with that, it's what are the measures you're going to get those by and making sure that that's built into those plans. And the last thing I'd say is when you look at those plans, you're going to, you're going to execute those and in some cases the bulk of the work will probably be done the first three to six months but there may be a tail of work that can go as far as 18 months out sometimes 24 and that's where those synergies come in you've got to get those right that's got to be baked in you've got to have the metrics to track it you've got to make sure you don't lose sight of those because once again as we've talked about that's what the market wants these deals underpinned on there is some value that comes out of these so you've got to make sure you get that
2: so if i heard you right. Be focused early, work hard, to get it done quickly. Hard questions first. There may be some tail on synergies and you just gotta make sure that you stay on those, that you actually achieve them and, and don't lose sight of it while at that point running your business. Is that a, a fair that, synopsis?
0: That's that's right. Um, the, the challenge you see is that in some cases, I think people, they, they get the transaction done, the bulk of the work gets done, everybody high fives. And there's still things that have to be done over a longer period of time, right? It's, the, it's you know, the longer tail cost synergies. It's the revenue synergies, which may come over time, um, not losing sight of those, because the minute you stop measuring those, a lot of times people don't act towards those those goals.
2: The focus goes away. Mark, time and again, we've seen transactions fail. And often it's the result of executives falling into, into typical traps. Um, how do you advise your clients, you know, A, to look out for the risks before they become impactful, and B, to manage around them to make sure that you get the most value out of the transaction as possible and don't destroy value.
1: Yeah, I think the first piece is, is having a very clear investment thesis that everybody understands, and, and that starts with having specific measurable targets around synergies and in, in the economics of, of the combination. Um, the, the second piece is a misalignment between org design and operating model. People have to be organized and structured in a, in a manner that makes them effective in delivering uh, operationally what, what we're trying to achieve. And then the, the third is uh, that I see quite often is not truly integrating organizations. And integration goes beyond combining balance sheets and financial statements. We, we see, we've seen time and time again, especially in the, in the oil field, is not integrating at the operational level you know, leaving distinct management teams, sales forces, brands, physical locations. And if we don't integrate those, we're not going to get the intrinsic value of the combined asset.
2: You'd lose out on the cross selling opportunities and the synergies. Absolutely. Jacques, anything you can add?
0: Yeah, probably two things I would add to that, Jeff. I think one is um, culture is a big player in this. So when you look at transactions um, in some cases, you get cultures that mesh really well together. And a lot you don't so you've got to understand that up front you've got to start thinking about that in diligence right what what are the cultural differences what are the cultural risks how do i get people to work together Um, what works well from from one organization or the other organization how do i embrace that what may not work so well or may not work so well when we combine the two and how do we how do we make our plans and our our integration tactics um, center around solving those Um, so i'd say that's one big one you've got to think about And then the other piece I'd say is really we talk about speed of execution, but really it's tackling those tough problems up front. So as Mark said, if you if you delay integrating certain parts of the organization, we see it time and time again, particularly in OFS, where sometimes uh, you may have a target that has multiple offerings and you're not sure how a couple of those offerings fit into the broader context of the the merged company. You've got to make those decisions up front. Um, Don't kick the can down the road. Because once again, that's gonna delay value. It gets harder to deal with those the further out you go from, from the date when you announced and started to integrate the transaction.
2: Looking ahead, Jacques, what do you think the trends are gonna be for future transaction oil field services? And I'll, I'll open the discussion with our colleague, Al Karnwright recently posited that he can see a scenario where the super majors actually go and acquire service companies to guarantee that they've got access to services for their larger developments. What else do you think is coming?
0: Well, Jeff, I'd say first, you know, Al's comments, that, that's a valid point on, on a number of fronts. I think one, um, you look at talent today. I mean, that's one of the big concerns is access to equipment and talent. That's the bottleneck right now where we're at in, in the cycle. Um, and you know, a lot of folks would say we're in a super cycle. And if that super cycle continues, that will likely be a continuing problem, uh, particularly on the people front where it's hard to get people. The other thing I'd say is that if you look at technology, um, historically, when you look at ENP and p and OFS, um, years ago, the ENPs invested a ton in technology development, R&D and things of that nature. That really shifted somewhere in the 90s to the OFS and that, that shifted, continued to take place. Um, so what I would also say is that you're probably gonna see um, an interest in technology development where the super majors may say, the OFS's have that, that capability and we want some of that. And just from broader vertical integration, we tend to see that uh, it, it swings, right? We've seen e ps go vertically integrated. We've seen them get out of vertical integration. Uh, but once again, it's the, do I control my own destiny or is it is it better to let somebody else do that and I outsource that job? That's, that's the constant debate over time. Um, beyond that, what I would say is, I think you're gonna see the continu- the continual expansion of you know, we've gotta grow to be relevant. So how do we expand our market offerings? How do we expand geographically? How do we fit in gaps where we can um, start to hit more points of the well life cycle? Um, The the better I can cross sell or follow on sell, where I have that integrated, you know, I can capture all of an integrated well cycle or a big portion of it that's going to be advantageous. So I think we'll see that. I think we'll see other things around, um, you know, possibly the energy transition where you start to see OFS, uh, companies that look for opportunities to expand into um, that, that place as a growth area, right, into the, into the, the renewables or the, the clean energy sector. Um, you know, we, there's some trends you're starting to see with some of these marine companies that historically have been uh, servicing oil and gas companies, and they're moving into doing offshore infrastructure and installation, say, for offshore wind farms, things of that nature. So you could see that. Um, and lastly, I'd say is digital is an area that everyone is talking about. And that that is attractive for the reason that it's an area that potentially has growth in terms of revenue and EBITDA. uh, But at the same time, it doesn't require the CapEx that a lot of the traditional, you know, services that require iron and people in the field take. So I think you'll see some of that, too, as technology advances.
1: Yeah, Jacques, I'd say on the 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 digital piece is that's a a real growth avenue for for the sector as capital becomes tight and um, free cash flow is being given back to shareholders. So how, how can we continue to grow our business without investing a lot of CapEx up front? And digital is a, is a great asset light opportunity to get there. Yep.
2: Gentlemen, what would you leave behind for an oilfield services executive thinking about MA? What would be your advice?
0: So Jeff, what I would say on that is I think these transactions have large implications for these companies. They're built on value. Um, the value is is what the promise is to the street. You've got to make sure you achieve that value. And, and how do you do that? We've talked about it. You start with the right, the right strategy. What do I want to do to grow? What do I need to do to grow? What are the things that can plug into my business um, that allow me to grow and it's it's synergistic in a way? So I think you've got to look at that. Then you've got to you've got to have a good plan in place. How's how does everything fit together? We talk about the go-to-market strategy, the operating model. How do those pieces come together? Um, how do you get the people involved we talked about culture um, you know one of the big issues in this industry right now we talked about a shortage of equipment and people you don't want to put together a deal and you lose all your best people um, that that will destroy value beyond that it's the it's the broader execution it's making sure you've got the right people and the right governance to do that execution um, typically where we play in these is we come in and work alongside our clients but it's really to do that planning because we have that experience it's to do the, the heavy lift um, because the reality is everybody who's involved in these from the company side has a day job to run they've still got to run the business um, the overall mantra is typically let's put this thing together let's get the value but let's not disrupt daily cash flow
1: you know jacques these transactions are exciting times they're also bring a lot of ambiguity and you know as a, as a leader Deal announcement close like that's there's never a better chance to make make a, a real impact on the transaction. I, I always encourage um, leadership to, to realize we've spent a lot and invested a lot of money in in getting this transaction done. It may be the largest investment that that organization has made ever. So assemble the right people, organize them around a common goal with specific measurable targets, move swiftly, you know, the first hundred days is is going to set the tone for what can and will be achieved and, and keep that in mind.
2: Jacques, Mark, thank you very much for your time. I really enjoyed the conversation. And I think our audience will as well. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: And to our audience, thank you for joining us on this episode of The Next Imperative. We hope you found it as enjoyable as we did.
0: Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to The Next Imperative so you never miss a new episode. Also, visit our website at com to learn more and to
1: connect with us.